Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. As we kick off National Aging Place Week, surveys tell us that an overwhelming majority of older adults want to remain in the comfort and security of their own homes for as long as possible. But many families are not equipped with the resources and expertise to accomplish this goal. In today's episode, the Executive Director of the National Aging Place Council, Tara Ballman, talks about her organization's mission to provide families and caregivers with the education and tools they need to age with grace and dignity. Tara, who first appeared on 45 Forward last year, will describe how NAIPC has grown since its inception into an active nationwide network of experts in healthcare, financial services, elder law, Medicare and Medicaid, home design, home care, assisted living, and dozens of other fields, virtually every area of expertise that families might need to age in place, whatever place that might be at later stages in life. And along with Tara, I'm privileged to welcome today another widely recognized member of NAIPC, Amy Miller the founder of Our Family Encounter. Tara, who has worked in the aging services field for almost two decades, is co-author with 19 other NAIPC members of the council's just published first book, Aging in Place Conversations, What Industry Experts Have to Say. Amy, who is one of Tara's co-authors, is also author of her own book, The Last Life Lesson, A Guide for Seniors and Their Families, which provides a breakdown of decisions and documents needed to age with confidence and purpose. Together, Tara and Amy will tell us about the book's impressive array of resources and commentary, including NAIPC's Five Pillars of Aging, as well as the organization's online toolkits, YouTube channel, events, and practical advice, and their own careers. Just as many of us made a plan to go to college and then put our own kids through college, we should have a plan for HR aging years, a plan that needs to be just as detailed and just as commonplace in our society. So now let's meet our guests, Tara Bowman and Amy Miller. Tara and Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us, Ron. Thank you. Yeah, that's my... a great intro. I think you might have to write all of our intros <laughs> from now on. <laughs> That'll be my pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it, it's so great to have you guys. Um, this is such an important topic, and, and actually, you guys are kind of the third of a trifecta of, of recent weeks for me. Um, I had um, uh, uh, first, I had Scott Fulton, who was talking about. Uh, also one of your co-authors, uh, talking about our housing environment and what he calls best before date. And then I had another uh, person locally here, uh, the uh, executive director of Project Independence, you know, a community-wide aging place uh, project on Long Island. And now I have you guys for the official kickoff of National Aging in Place Week. So um, it's great to have you. And we're going to dive into this stuff. But before we do, um, I'm always interested in, in giving our audience a little bit of background about my guests. I always think that my guests are as interesting as my content. So, Tara, why don't you just, I'll start with you and just give us a, you know, a quick uh, thumbnail sketch of how you got to where you are today. Sure, I'm happy to. Well, I um, have been in the aging services marketplace for a while, but I actually got into this. My my previous life before was in music, music business, entertainment, and concerts. So um, I was working in Texas when I got 
uh, you know, the call that every child dreads, that my father was sick, he had cancer, and it really changed the whole trajectory of my life. And I moved from Texas back to Florida, and that's how I got into um, the initial world of senior services as a reverse mortgage originator. Um, that's also where I wrote my first three books. They were about reverse mortgages, really breaking it down and explaining it in easy terms for people to understand because there's so much information out there. Right. And that was back in like 2004, I guess. Right. So then just through the process of, you know, my father passing and everything that we went through with him, I just wanted to be able to help as many people as I could in whatever way that I can. So um, through a, a lot of different events in my life, I ended up... Uh, meeting my husband who provided outpatient physical therapy to seniors in their homes here in Orange County. I'm in Orange County, California. And so that's really how I got introduced to the National Aging in Place Council was the local chapter here. And I just got involved uh, about 11 years, 12 years ago with his company and NAIPC, or NAPEC, as you guys call it, Long <laughs> Island. <laughs> well, that's what I call it. No one else calls it that. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I just, I love it so much. I just kept volunteering and um, was program director for a while and served on the national board. And during COVID, our executive director retired and um, I jumped at the chance to take over this organization because I love it. I'm passionate about it. I love our members. Amy, you're going to see um, she's hard not to love. And everybody else is a part of our group. Um, it's a lot of trusted professionals who are dedicated to helping people age easier and safer. So right. a little Great. bit about okay. me. Okay. Amy, you're up. Well, thank you. Uh, my journey is a little bit different than Tara's. <laughs> um, I I grew up in Vermont. I now live in Minnesota. And I know your question is, how do I get from Vermont to Minnesota? Uh, it was my mom was uh, not doing very well. So I moved back to Minnesota so I could spend some time with her. And then, you know, life happens and you stay here. Uh, and then um, just, what, four years ago, five years ago, 2018, my dad, who lived down in Arizona, okay, we got the country covered, <laughs> right. um, had Alzheimer's, and he uh, he moved into an, uh, a memory facility, and I remember going down there and taking my kids down there with, with me for spring break and having a little bit of time with him, so before he passed away in 2018. Interestingly enough, I was working in corporate America, and I left that thinking, okay, I'm going to start a business as a mediator. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> lo and behold, I go to the wrong meeting. Um, in, in Minnesota, it can get a little cold here in the wintertime. <laughs> and it was like 25 below for an entire week. So we shut down. Well, at the end of that week, I ended up going to the wrong meeting. Um, <laughs> who, who knew? <laughs> little brain freeze. Um, but it was at that meeting that I met with healthcare professionals, and they said, we're having two problems. One is people are coming into the emergency room alone, and they don't have their healthcare directive done. So we have to decide what happens to them, and it may or may not be their wishes. Uh, the second is that people are living farther away, and so people are coming into their doctor appointments alone. Right. I just lived with that with my dad being down in Arizona and I'm up here in Minnesota knowing I couldn't that long distance um, caregiving is very difficult. So those things touched my heart in a big way. And I looked around saying, who's really talking about this? Who's really trying to find a solution for this? Uh, 
and I think a lot of people are trying to do what they can, but there isn't a holistic solution on how to come alongside families uh, and make sure that they're coordinating with all their advisors. Uh, so that's what started our family encounter in 2019. Wow. So it's been a journey since then, yes. especially with COVID. Yeah, it's yeah, been great. And it, and it keeps evolving. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to uh, uh, jump to to NAIPC about, uh, and I'm going to start with Tara because you're the executive director about how the organization was created and how it functions. But then, Amy, you can jump in at any point and talk about sort of how what brought you to the organization, why you joined, so forth. So, so Tara, you know, how long has this been around and how was it formed? Yeah, well, we have been around for about 15 years. We are a nonprofit trade organization, and we also have a nonprofit foundation um, where we provide resources back for aging in place related projects. So that's something we offer to our members. But um, yeah, we do have a national organization. So uh, we have members across the country. And then if you're fortunate to be in, in an area where we have local chapters, we have 15, about 15 active local chapters and five to six that are in some form of being formed right now. So we really want to educate people on being proactive about thinking about aging in place and aging in place. I think I've said this so many times now, I don't remember where I said it and if I'm repeating it, but aging in place isn't necessarily living in the home where you raised your kids in for 50 years. It is where you put your head at night, that is your home. And how are you going to make that as comfortable for as long as possible with the resources that you have? And that is our mission is to connect those resources with older adults and families. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's an important uh, last statement you made because um, it's true. People, um, I think one of the issues is that even if, if people in their 50s and 60s start planning to age in place in their homes, they want to be comfortable. It's like, you're not going to be the same at 55, as 65, and 75, and 85, hopefully. So um, you need to think about those changes as you, um, as you progress in life. Um, and, and I think one of the things that impressed me about NAIPC, and yes, I am a member of uh, the Long Island chapter, um, is the people who were in the organization, and like you, Amy. And what has impressed me is that people join, um, it's not, we all need to make money, but that's not why people join, you know, and that's why people, most of the people I've met don't get involved. A lot of people, for example, get in, involved partly by accident, partly like intention, just like you guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I think that's true. But but what happens is that the, your your passion is, comes from experience and from the recognition of the gaps in people's um, resources. And uh, so, Amy, talk about that a little bit about, you know, your experience in, in, in your chapter and, and people you've met. Yeah, actually, we have um, we had two chapters, so I'm one of those in progression okay. <laughs> cities, uh, which, you know, this is where we have a lot of people who are supporting uh, our elders, our seniors, and then um, really the families also, the caregivers, on how they can support their parents in that process. I think one of the questions is, do you know what questions to ask? Do you know who you can trust? And then finding other professionals within the area that are your go-to because really it's one of those organizations that attracts the people who want to give and to provide great service for seniors. 
um, for the families, for the community. And that's one of the things I absolutely love is some of the best advisors I've gotten, I've met through National Aging in Place within the chapters here in Minnesota. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, that's great. Um, and one thing I wanted to mention, uh, and Tara, you can elaborate, is just that that the people who um, join are, are vetted too. It's not, you know, it's not, you don't need to go through a, a you know, an extensive exam, but it, there is a vetting process, right? Yes, absolutely. All of our members are background checked and we do require every three years for a new background check to be submitted. Um, and we also have an ethics committee that I think is made up of mostly Long Island attorneys <laughs> from your oh. chapter. But, you know, anytime anything is raised, we want to be sure that we have a process to deal with that. And um, knock on wood, I won't because I know it's going to rattle my microphone here. <laughs> We've never had a complaint. And I think that goes back to the level of um, professionals that we have in our organization. And like you said, they're there to support our mission of education. And we all have businesses, but we go to BNI or other networking groups when we're looking for leads. And when we want to give back to the community and give our free resources and education and knowledge, that's when it's more appropriate to come to NAIPC. Right, right. And, and one of the things that um, also impressed me is that the dedication to the discipline of this process. Um, as, as I, I think you've said, Tara, or somebody said this, which I mentioned in, in the introduction about, you know, the amount of time that we plan for the, these periods of our life and which is not much. <laughs> um, people uh, spend a lot more time, um, as I mentioned, planning for college, sending their own plan and their kids plan. And I think I, I read somewhere a while ago that people even spend more time um, planning vacations in their retirement. Um, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it, these transition periods, I think, are really key because there really isn't a roadmap. And, and I think, um, you know, we've done a lot of work, um, uh, me, but other people, many other people about our, our um, age of um, stress and anxiety and loneliness and social isolation mm -hmm. and uh, focusing on two areas. One, the, um, the, the younger people in their 20s and, and older people from their 60s on. And to me, it's no coincidence that these are periods of transition from a highly structured prior period to no structure necessarily. And people really need guidance and there isn't none. But so I think that's something that, um, uh, NAIPC really helps provide it. that kind of expertise and support, I think is a valuable um, uh, resource. And that's one thing that certainly my group emphasizes when they go out and, and explain to people what we do, which is we are a resource. It's not just a networking group. Yes, we network essentially to help provide expertise to people that we know when they come to us and we're not the expert, but we know who does, who is the expert so we can refer people. So, right. and it yeah. just gets people comfortable with talking about aging. I don't think people want to plan because they're scared. They don't want to get old. Our society has this view of old and aging and elderly is bad and it should be exciting and fun and the best years of our lives. And so we want people to start that conversation. And when you start having a conversation, it stops being scary. And, you know, for the record, if you haven't done any research lately, making your home aging in place 
uh, appropriate doesn't mean turning it into a hospital with ugly grab bars and ugly walk-in showers. There are beautiful homes, beautiful showers. You would have no idea you are in a fully accessible living area. So I would really encourage people just to start having the conversation. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure Amy has lots of these conversations. <laughs> well, oftentimes the hardest part is getting it started. I would agree. So uh, that's where it's kind of like, how do you get the conversation started? Yeah. And I think, uh, so your book, um, uh, Last Life uh, Lessons, uh, Lesson or Lessons? Lessons. Yeah. It's one lesson, but it could be more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think one of the things, too, is that you give people some practical steps to, to have these conversations. I think that's what people don't know where to start. And then you just need to guide them somewhat with what well, what to ask, what to think about. And then you get them rolling, and then they go through that, those, that basic list, and then they think of plenty on their own. Right. And it's actually based on the same concept as NAIPC's uh, I think there's five pillars to NAIPC, and I think I went up to seven. Okay. <laughs> Which, um, when you think about it, it's those big decisions you have to make. Your legal, your financial, your end-of-life planning, which that's one of the things I add on, uh, and then your care. But I've also included, and I think we've touched on it, housing. Mm -hmm. uh, NAIPC talks about transportation and then socialization and how we're giving back. And then the other piece that I touch on is legacy. What are you leaving back? That's why it's called last life lesson. Mm. What lesson do you want your life to mean for either your community or for your family? It's something that maybe people don't think of this process, maybe in that perspective of how can you give back and what, what, what did your life mean? Right. I think that's great. Um, uh, so I'd like to talk a little bit more about that, uh, but we're coming up uh, into a break. Uh, it's It'll be a short break, folks. Um, when we come back, we'll be talking much more with Tara Bowman, the Executive Director of National Aging Place Council, and Amy Miller, uh, also of NAIPC. So don't go anywhere. Much more to come. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Rowell or his guest on the program, 
please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. Uh, we're talking today with Tara Ballman, the executive director of the National Aging Place Council, and Amy Miller, the founder of our Family Encounter, also an NAIPC member. Um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the five pillars of aging that are outlined in this uh, new book um, uh, produced by um, uh, the NAIPC, which is called Aging in Place Conversations, What Industry Experts Have to Say, which, by the way, you can get on Amazon. It's there. I know. I picked up a copy. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that. Uh, Tara, you can start, and then Amy, you could ch chime in on these five pillars because each of you deal with them. Um, so what are they, and what do they mean? Sure, yes. Well, our organization believes that um, to have a really successful aging in place plan, you really need to take five areas into account, and that's housing, healthcare, transportation, finances, and social engagement. So I think we've all seen the beautiful $20,000 a month retirement centers and then the lonely senior sitting in there who never comes out because that social engagement part is missing. So right. it's really important to really address all five of those. And that's what all of our members at NAIPC fall into one of those five categories as well. So with this book, we really took um, 20 of our members and we asked them to make a list. What are the top questions that you get related to these five pillars? So we took the top questions of the five areas and we turned it into a book. And it's at the beginning of the book, it talks about aging in place. It explains what it is. It talks a little bit about the best before date, which I know Scott Fulton has been on here discussing. And then there's a brief description about the pillars, what it means. And then we really go into these questions. And sometimes more than one professional is addressing the same question. And everyone comes about it a little bit differently. The information might sound similar at parts, but then at other parts, it's completely from a different point of view. So I like that a lot. And then at the end of the book, we have resources um, related to each pillar, national resources, how to find them locally, and then QR codes that make it easy just to point your phone at and scan, and it takes you right there. So I'm really excited about the book and um, all of the people that help contribute to it. The the knowledge level that we have in there is phenomenal. Yeah. And this is just hot off the press. So literally the publication day was September 29th. Yes. Which, which fortuitously was my birthday. So I like that. <laughs> ah, well, happy late birthday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and of course, Amy, you are in the book too. And you have a, a memorable um, section, which you talk about an interesting concept, which you call the forgotten middle. So, and you're going to give a separate presentation, I understand, later today, if people can uh, yes. hear that as well. But talk yes. about that. Let's let's have a, a, a pricey of that. So I think sometimes what people think of with aging is that we all can have the same kind of retirement and aging plan. And there's like a path. And maybe we want to follow it. Maybe you want to do something different. But there's just this general path of what aging is like. And. In other words, what my, one of my financial planner friends said, the go-go years, the slow-go years, and the no-go years. Right. Which I've always kind of like, like that. <laughs> right. Um, but that does, that's not how life always goes. And in fact, what I've discovered is it's not necessarily about those three stages, but it's also about how much money you have, which everyone's like, oh, I don't want to talk about money. But in truth, how much you have saved for retirement will depend on how much freedom 
and what your choices are. Mm-hmm. One of the other things I've picked up on the, on over time is people may think that they have enough, but lately I've been seeing that some of the costs for housing and care specifically are putting you from into the, I have enough to, oh my gosh, I don't know if I have enough. And what I call the forgotten middle are those who probably have, and I'm just going to put some general numbers on, it could be different wherever you are in the country. I'd say between, say between $50,000 and maybe $500,000, it's the forgotten middle, which means you have too much to get help from government programs, whether it's your state, federal or local, but you don't have enough to kind of have that retirement of your dreams potentially. So what I love about your show is you're saying 45 and forward. If you're 45, 50 years old, either one, you're looking at how mom and dad are going through this process or an older relative and going, are they going to, you know, how are they doing? And then how well am I prepared? And I've been told that a good number, if you want to have a number to shoot for, it's like $2 million. Um, Now, just as a offshoot, and I'm going to kind of share a little story on the side, how you handle your two, you know, let's say you have $2 million saved. How you handle it, what kind of advisors you have, what choices you make could make that dramatically change. Uh, Case in point, uh, you know, for those who have been through Hurricane Ian, you know, you're in our prayers. Mm -hmm. I recently heard a friend of mine share. So it's one of those. Here's a story a friend of mine shared. (laughs) But she lived down in um, in, they, they lived in Florida. They have a house up here in Minnesota, but they also have a house down in Florida. The thing is, they didn't purchase uh house insurance mm-hmm. so when the storm came through their two million dollar house was destroyed and they have nothing to help rebuild so that's all it takes especially in retirement where your entire life savings can be you know through a health concern or a diagnosis or just something like a a, a natural disaster can change your your situation overnight Uh, So how do you have a team in place? How do you have a plan in place ahead of time? And that's really what NAIPC is wanting to talk about, especially if you are aging um, as a solo or with family, or maybe you are in Florida and your family's in another state, you know, so there's, those are the conversations that come in, you know, where do we, where do we go with this? Because life does happen and it doesn't stop at the age of 65 when you retire, it happens daily. Right. Yeah, I, I I I like the 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 three go go <laughs> analogies. Although I do think that that that's changing in the sense that the 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 no go years could be returned to the go go years if you do it properly. Oh yeah, and I think that a lot of people are demonstrating that that's possible. Um, um, it, with you know, it's a different stage of life, but it can be just as vital and just as active. You know, I do find myself now. Uh, I, I I didn't I didn't ever actually officially retire from my previous positions. I just sort of moved on. Um, but with some planning, you really can it can be vital. But it's tricky because, as you mentioned, Amy, the, the forgotten middle. Uh, you know, one just example of that is is when when you uh, consider buying long term care insurance. Um, now, my wife and I do have it. We have actually a hybrid policy with a you know a rider off of our life insurance policy, 
but it's not always so easy to make this decision, you know, and people sort of, cause it, it, it is, you know, it, it's a little pricey, it's valuable. Uh, but what happens is that in terms of people say, well, should I do it or not? And there's this whole middle uh, sector economically that it's not a clear cut case. You know, if you're really wealthy, no problem. <laughs> you don't need mm-hmm. life, long-term life care insurance. If you're really poor, well, you'll probably be on Medicaid. Yes. So, but it's this whole, you know, middle sector that it's, it, you need to really think it through. Um, and, and and that's, I think, true of a lot of aspects of aging where we, we do forget this large middle sector of people really got to think carefully through these decisions. Right. And yeah. then what options are out there? So Tara, you mentioned what you were doing is reverse mortgages. That's a solution. Uh, something that I'm working on now is family caregiving agreements. So this is instead of hiring out from a third party to do caregiving, you have your family members or a trusted loved one provide caregiving and you negotiate what your price is instead of whatever insurance will pay. Uh, so it is private pay, but you can do it for a lot cheaper. You know, whether it's helping someone do your checks, you know, the checkbook, pay your bills, you could get an accountant to do it for you know, $250 an hour or whatever they charge, or you can have uh, a neighbor come by or, you know, your your children come by and maybe you say, okay, I'm going to pay you $25 to make sure my bills get paid every month and I don't have to worry about that. Right. It's just looking at the situation in a slightly different way uh, and it's just being creative. Right. And that's one thing I love. People are super creative. Right. And there's a lot of other options, too, like home sharing that's out there, like the, the older adults that are renting to students who can't afford homes anymore in places like Orange County and they trade rent for chores. Or You know, there's so many options out there that people don't know because they don't know to ask the questions and they're too scared to talk about the problem. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. T- Tara, just off of that. Now, again, going back to, to NAIPC itself and the resources you have, you know, there are there are expert resources like the two of you, but then there, an IPC has resources. Talk a little bit about, you know, just, you know, where they are, what the, the website, the uh, YouTube channel, um, it's you know, the blogs. Give us a little bit of a rundown of what, what resources there are available to people. Yeah, I'm happy to do so. So one of the things that we like to provide, whether you're a member or not, um, is our Act 3 Planning Guide. And this is a 24-page document that really goes through those five pillars and addresses questions related to those pillars. It's not going to be all-encompassing. It's not going to cover every situation for everyone, but it's going to get the conversation started. And it's going to say, oh, here are areas we need to highlight, but we've got these covered. So it's just a great starter for just families to talk about, let's just go a page every time we get together. It doesn't have to be so overwhelming or just casually bring it up in conversation. Hey mom, I heard so-and-so, you know, was in an accident and she can't drive anymore. What would you like us to do if we're in that situation with you instead of waiting until there is an accident and we're taking your keys and there's no discussion about it. Um, I also wrote the transportation section of the book. So that's why right. <laughs> that is always on my, um, on my mind, but. Right. Um, and and yeah. you, can, you can download this, right? From where can, tell us where they, people can get it. Yeah. Uh, Our website is ageinplace.org. That's the consumer website. You can download it from there. And you can also see a list of all of our events. Um, You could also go to naipc.memberclicks.net. If you're a professional, you can download that, our our member application, and a a lot of other resources that are out there 
And we also have a YouTube channel that has all of the presentations we've done in the last two years. We kind of went big time virtual when COVID hit. So since then, we have this library that covers everything you could possibly think of. Um, and then we have the book as well uh, that's $14.99 uh, on Amazon. But, you know, those resources are, are free on our website. We have a service provider directory. If you email us at naipc at agentplace.org, we're happy to share any of those resources with you for free. That was a lot I just ran through. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, oh, on Facebook, we also have our social media channels as well. So like this week is Aging in Place Week. So the majority of our presentations, like Amy's, it's coming up in a couple hours. We will live broadcast those on our Facebook page, but they'll also be housed there. So you can go see them at any time. That's great. Yeah, there are a lot of resources there, but I think people need to know where they are. And this is one place. Um, there are other places as well, but this is a great place because there's, there's a lot of stuff aggregated on the, on the site and the, um, the, the YouTube channel. Um, and, and the other thing that you mentioned to me uh, in one of our previous conversations that I thought was interesting was that one of the things you're working toward is the aging in place recognition and, and certification of products. Yes. So this is something brand new. I think Scott officially announced it this morning at our kickoff panel presentation, but it's really something that we are providing. It's like if the Better Business Bureau and the Good Housekeeping Seal had a baby, and that was our Aging in Place Recognized Leader Seal. It's a seal that we will give these larger organizations who are making a difference in our community. So you can say, oh, this has been a recognized leader in this community. So maybe it's not a grab bar with a suction cup. Maybe it's a real grab bar. And this one is better. You know, you can go in and be overwhelmed with your options. And then you're going to see this little seal that says, yes, this is aging in place kind of recognized. So that's something we're really excited um, that just debuted today. So thank you for bringing that up. Great. All right. Okay. Um, now, um, let me just ask a little bit about, uh, so a lot of your presentations are virtual now. Uh, but this is something that, um, you know, the pandemic certainly um, changed a lot of things for, for us. And it continues to do so. I mean, I think that uh, I, I, we're hoping that we've hit sort of a plateau, you know, uh, sort of a stasis period. But we don't know. You know, we're heading into winter again. Um, and, um, uh, it, and it changes from area to area. You know, I, I, you know on Long Island, there are... You know, there, you know, there, there aren't that many people wearing masks, but if, you know, I just went into Manhattan the other day and there are a lot of people wearing masks, you know, of course there, the density of interaction is much higher there, but um, do you guys have any thoughts on, on going forward? I mean, I, it seems to me that our society and, and including the services of organizations like yours are going to continue to be kind of, you know, hybrid in nature. Each, either one of you. Yeah. I'll let Amy go first. <laughs> so this was a shock when uh, the pandemic happened right away. And I'll just share one of my personal stories. A former neighbor of mine called me up and said, hey, Amy, I need to make a doctor's appointment. And I don't know how to use my iPhone to do it. They won't They won't take my phone call. And I was like going, okay, you were formally, this, my neighbor was formally a, a computer. You know, he worked for you know, some of those big computer companies. And I was like, oh, and you don't know how to use your iPhone. He's like, I have no idea. 
Well, wow. I ended up going to his house the next day. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to make you lunch. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I learned that he didn't know what his phone number was on his cell phone and he didn't know what his email was. He knew how to use the phone, but he didn't know those two little details for the phone. And so this wasn't a memory issue or anything. He just didn't know. And yet that information was required for him to be able to make an appointment online and to even how to access on his phone, the website. So we got that fixed and everything else. And it came to my, you know, one of those light bulb moments where you go, who else is out there that has been basically disconnected from all of us because they don't have a cell phone that has internet connection. They all had, you know, the basic cell phone. Um, and they didn't know, have the knowledge of how to stay in touch. One of the things I'm really excited about the last two years is how many people have come on board and taught themselves either how to Zoom or how to bank online or order the things that they need. It's really been quite exciting how flexible and, you know, determined that people are just to stay in touch, even if it is, has you know, if it has to be online versus in person. Mm-hmm. And Tara, what about your your members? I mean, what what do you hear from them? You know, it's been really interesting. I think we work with a population who, like here in Orange County, like I mentioned, my husband and I do outpatient therapy in the homes, and sometimes we're the only people that they see come in to the home, and they look forward to it. And my husband always has fruit baskets or letters from grandkids that they want to read to them. So. Um, that part of everything was very hard um, for us, our business, our patients. And we were able to do, we were lucky we could do therapy through the door a little bit. Or, you know, we, my husband likes to have his hands on people. But um, there were ways that we really kind of worked around that. But it's nice to see people going back out. And like you said, it's in pockets. Some areas here are completely, you know, free and others aren't so much. So... Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how things progress. I think people just need to find what they're most comfortable with. And everyone's situation is different. Some people might be susceptible to things that we don't know about. So, um, you know, we'll just let the people wear their masks that want to wear their masks and um, go about it that way. That's I, I don't know if we're going to be changing out of this virtual world anytime soon, I guess. Yeah. Yes. So um, full disclosure, I just got my third booster today with my flu shot. And, uh, you know, hopefully I won't have any reaction. I've been lucky so far. Um, I think, though, that this I think the virtual world is is here to stay just because I think it gives us a flexibility that we didn't have before that, you know, yes, it's not as uh, I think effective as face to face interactions. I think there's no question about that. But it does it does give options to people where there were no options before, mm-hmm. and it does give some um, uh, ability for to maintain connection. And we know we've discovered how important that is. The social isolation of this period, I think, was was really something we hadn't really thought about, and it was it really had deadly consequences in ways that we didn't expect. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, about issue of social isolation uh, when we come back, but uh, we're going to take another quick break. Uh, Folks, we we have a lot more in our last segment with Tara Bowman and Amy Miller. So don't go away. We'll be right back. (music) 
Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Tara Ballman and Amy Miller of NAIPC, the National Aging Place Council. Um, before the break, we were talking about, about um, social isolation and really the uh, impact it's had on us uh, that we was really exacerbated by the pandemic. But um, has always been with us. Actually, it's been it's been growing over the years and been increasing problem. And so, Amy just happens to have a social hour. I wanted to mention it because it's an, it's a nice concept. It's uh, something that I think uh, people can enjoy wherever they are. So, tell us a little bit about that, Amy. Absolutely. So, uh, nine a.m. Central Time, which I think would be ten a.m. Eastern or seven a.m. Pacific. Uh, I offer people to come and join on a video call to meet other seniors and we talk about everything from current events to what's it like to run a business to um, you know the travels that people go on and sometimes i have the members provide the presentation others times we might find a topic for example uh, i had one of my naipc members who does um, home checks to make sure that the home is safe and she did a great talk about making sure you're looking at your home from the perspective of can you do steps or do you have good lighting? You know, just the things that you need to think about that you might not think about from the kitchen to the bathroom to getting to the garage to bringing in groceries. 
So it it can be a conversation that's really more led by the people that are attending, but is just available just to practice being online and having a conversation with your peers. Wow. And and the link for that is uh, Blue Jeans, right? Bluejeans.com? It is on Blue Jeans, yes. Okay. All right. So you probably can f- search for your name and uh, and the social hour. Would people find that? Or I don't think so. Okay. All right. <laughs> but you're listed on Eventbrite, I think, right? If they go on Eventbrite, they can find okay. it. It's on Eventbrite. Or they can come to my website, put a comment in, or drop an email to me and just say, can you send me the link? And I will share that information in a bit. Right. So what, as long as we're on that, why don't you uh, give your um your website and then I'll ask Tara for her contact information too. Absolutely. It's ourfamilyencounter.com. So it's all one long word. Mm-hmm. And then my email is Amy A M Y at ourfamilyencounter.com. Right. And for you, Tara, the best way to people to contact you? Yes. Well our website for the Aging in Place Council is agingplace.org or you could email me at NAIPC at agingplace.org. That's probably the easiest way. Great. Okay. Okay. But I also love to connect with people on LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, please reach out to me. I love to read the stories to see how what other people are doing, how they're interacting with the older adults in their community. And just, you know, I just like to see the pictures. <laughs> right. Great. Okay. Um, so I wanted to uh, take some of this last segment to talk about um, – some of the um, advocacy efforts that, that you folks have been involved with and, and some that just that, that, that to make people aware of. And one of them is, um, is legislation which has not been passed, but it's, it's been sort of introduced. But just to give an example of the kinds of things that, that, that I think are address some of the structural problems in our society to, to you know, what I call successful aging, whether it's aging in place or wherever you are. So Tara, if you could talk a bit about um, this HR seven six seven six that was intro- actually was introduced by Charlie Crist uh, from Florida, but uh, what it means and what it could mean, even though it's you know it's it's always hard to predict what happens to this legislation. But go ahead. Yes, well, thank you for bringing it up. It's something that our organization hasn't been very involved in in the past, but we're really trying to ramp up our advocacy efforts and um, getting our committee back up and running. And the person who wrote the foreword to our book is Louis Tenenbaum, who was really the, the person supporting this bill, which I do believe is dead in the water now, but we're trying to get a group together and really help introduce it again next year. And, and really the, the idea behind this is to allow people under the age of 59 and a half to withdraw funds tax-free from their retirement without receiving a penalty if it's used for aging in place related modifications to the home. And um, if you're over the age of 70, it counts towards the minimum distributions that they're required to take. So this is really something Amy talks about the forgotten middle. This is a bill that's actually aimed at the middle class to help them use funds to, to plan to stay in their home. And their, their thought behind this is that the solar industry took off when the federal government got involved and started offering incentives as did the same with electric vehicles. So they're hoping that with some government involvement, um, that this will help promote 
aging in place properly and safely. So um, Lewis is actually going to be the speaker at our NAIPC meeting on October 20th, which is after Aging in Place Week. I thought it was a great way to really pull together everything we're talking about this week. Um, and he's going to talk about how we as an industry can help support it and why it's important to us, even though we might not be financial planners or specifically home modifiers, why it's going to raise, uh, you know, the level of, I don't even know what the word is. It's just going to make it better for everyone. So I'm really excited to have uh, Lewis and his team come talk about it. And we have some people in our organization that are very involved in advocacy and um, big time advocates for older adults. So I'm excited to see, this is our launching point. I'm excited to see what else we can get involved in and where else we're able to make a difference. So thank yeah. you for bringing that up. Sure. You know, the, these policy issues are, are tricky because, um, well, for one reason, um, everyone's aging experience is different. So it's, it's tricky to create policy that applies uniformly. So you just try to create certain standards that people can, can work with. Um, and the trick is how do we build in flexibility to the system? Um, part of it too, I think is, is about, is about numbers though. And that is, um, I'll give an example. Uh, in my state, uh, you know, I, I've been working with AARP, and they've been a strong advocate for uh, a child care, family uh, caregiver tax credit for families. That would be up to a certain amount for families. For a lot of people, you you talk about Amy, the forgotten middle or lower middle, upper middle. You know, mm -hmm. everybody is having these issues, and that the obstacle that, that keeps coming up is like, well, you know, tax credit. You know, because because the issue is always the budget, balancing budgets, um, and um, the fact that a, a, a tax credit essentially takes um, on a short term basis removes potential revenue from the budget. So people are saying, well, you know, it's a it's not revenue neutral, but but people don't, you know. So this is a math problem. People aren't really thinking about yes, but how many people go on Medicaid. You know, how many people are not being served? How is this impacting other aspects of our economy, of our um, uh, social life, um, of our quality of life, of our work-life balance? Um, and I think it's really a matter of making the a sophisticated argument to really explain what the, the, the cost-benefit um, analysis is. You know, yes, there are... There's there's removing certain revenue from the credits, but then there's also, you know, saving revenue um, from Medicaid and from home care services, and um, so I think that's sort of one of the problems. The other one, uh, it, uh, it, to me, is um, addressed by having organizations like NAIPC, which is that it's these are these are tough problems and they're complicated problems, and they require expertise and participation and policies from all sectors, not just government. Government can't possibly handle all this stuff, not enough tax revenue in any of these things. Um, and, uh, you know, so you need um, nonprofits, you need the private sector to be in partnership. So, um, you know, I, I think that that's, you know, really critical to really, you know, and I think your organization really pulls together a lot of, um, you know, um, of these issues, you know, and, and, and awareness. Um, so I wanted to thank you for all that. 
Um, and then I just wanted to, you know, as sort of our last few minutes before we close, um, any takeaways, any, any sort of like big takeaways you want to leave us with and, or things that you discovered you weren't, that you didn't expect when you entered this whole field or surprises, anything like that? You know, I didn't expect to have so many adopted grandparents. Ah. <laughs> when, when we, my husband and I, when we had a baby five years ago, I got so many blankets and letters and like, I love that this isn't just a job, it's people that we care about and it's an extension of our family. And um, I love the people that we get to work with. And I love the people that are members of our organization. Just since taking over, I've had the privilege of really getting to know a lot of our members. And we have amazing stories, amazing people doing amazing things like Amy with this caregiving plan. I love the idea of creating a, a, a caregiving plan. That's one of the things I've talked about before. Women take time off and they're the ones whose retirement's affected and income's affected. So I love when ideas like that come out of out of our members. Yeah. How about you, Amy? Any quick last thoughts? It's what you were kind of referencing is finding someone who can walk alongside you and can provide the guidance, can provide the information, can maybe help you fill out some of those documents that you need to have done to, you know, make sure that you have home insurance when you buy that second house, even though you paid cash for it. Just someone there to bounce ideas off, to walk with you, to be with your family through the good and the bad, and will bring in excellent uh, referrals to other either people out of NIAPC or the local nonprofits or just knowing that there's a network there that is there to walk with you and your family during this time. Great. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, so uh, folks, uh, I, I, there's, there's always, there could always be more to talk about and, and perhaps we'll invite you back and other members of, of NAIPC, Tara, um, soon. Uh, but that's where we'll leave it for today. Um, once again, folks, um, uh, tell your friends if they missed my conversation with Tara and Amy today. Uh, you can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com. Just search for my show, 45 Forward. You can also listen on my uh, uh, website, roelresources.com. Uh, click on the, the 45 Forward tab. You can also find it on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio. Um, if you want to send me um, any uh, questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email me at ron.roel at gmail.com. So, um, uh, be, be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, when I'll be talking uh, with uh, Jane O'Malley. She's a certified Medicare specialist, uh, as many of you probably realize. Uh, this is uh, coming up on uh, Medicare open enrollment period, and there are a million questions. Uh, and there are actually, besides uh, Jane, there are lots of NAIPC members who are Medicaid, Medicare specialists. So this is something that a lot of us uh, uh, should know about, uh, even if we're not ready ourselves. Um, our parents uh, may be uh, involved, and it's something you should check in every year. So um, uh, w whether it's your loved ones or yourself going forward, uh, you need to stay on top of it and find out if you should make any changes in your plan. So until then, folks. Keep moving forward, 45 forward. Thank you for tuning in to 45 Forward. Please join your host, Ron Roel, for another great show next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a great week. <laughs>